Hi, my name is Barb Snellgrove, otherwise known as Megamouth Media, and I think Vancouver is awesome because where else in the world can you admire stunning mountains and be skiing or swimming or playing tennis all in the same afternoon? Welcome to the Vancouver is Awesome podcast. I'm Lindsay William Ross. I'm Adam Nanji. And uh, hey, Adam, did you talk to anyone cool? I I did talk to some cool people this week. Yeah. One in particular. Okay. Is one of today's guests, Jeff Kincaid, aka Devours. What? Aka a super awesome musician based in Vancouver. And we chatted. What did we chat about? We chatted about his new album. We chatted about what it's like to be an artist in the city of Vancouver. We chatted about masculinity and what that means. We talked about Nickelback. Oh, what? Those two kind of go hand in hand, those Very last two. Very curious. Um, I have not heard of Devour, so can you just tell me, how would you describe his sound? He is kind of like electronic pop music, but it's a little gothy. All right. It's a little almost extraterrestrial. What? Sometimes he refers himself to a galien, like a gay alien. And it's just super dramatic and fun and emotional and very freeing. Like if you haven't been to a Devour show and you're feeling kind of like pent up, you need to go see him live because it's just like liberating. That's amazing. Yeah. It's it's a very cool thing that he's doing. You know what I, I love is having you co-hosting is that... <laughs> Well, you nerd out. Oh yeah, big time about music the way I nerd out about. Oh, I don't know, old vintage buses <laughs> or something, or food. To or, be fair, yeah, and you kind of had some food convos this week. Oh man, it was a busy, busy week for food coverage on the site. I feel like there's a thousand food events and a whole bunch of. Um, new restaurants opening up and just cool food things happening in the city. But one thing that's been on my radar is, do you know, this year is the 50th anniversary of the Caesar cocktail. Did you know that? I did not. That's not in my iCal. Oh, (laughs) well, are you a Caesars fan? I don't think I've ever had a Caesar because they sound disgusting. Okay, first of all, surrender your passport because that is so completely un-Canadian oh, of you. Oh, so I've heard. Yeah, this is the iconic Canadian drink uh, founded, discovered, created in 1969 in Calgary, marrying Clamato, which is tomato juice meets clam juice. Mm. I know, I know. And vodka and some heat and some funk and some soul and some garnishes. And there is now a new book. It's like a coffee table book celebrating 50 years of Caesars in Canada. Well, this sounds interesting. It is. A, it's actually, it's a really beautiful book. And, it, you know, there's celebrities featured in it, but also just regular Canadian folk who love Caesars. <laughs> and their stories. Really, really fun, 
quirky, sentimental, a whole range of stories about this cocktail. And there's a Vancouverite who's included in there. Her name is Barb Snellgrove. And uh, we've got an interview with her coming up today on the show, which, you know, talks a little bit about her her background with Caesars and her involvement in the book. And uh, she might divulge her secret recipe, but uh, you'll just have to stay tuned for that. Will this make me a Caesar drinker? It could. I, but you know what? Barb is such a dynamite lady that I think she could probably make anyone a Caesar drinker so long as they were of age and, <laughs> you know, open to having alcohol in their life. Um, Caesars, it's like that's one of the ones where you like put crazy stuff on top of it sometimes. Like it can go. You know what? It can be as simple as a stalk of celery. What's your preferred? Do you want stock of celery or do you want like the hamburger on a toothpick with like bacon? <laughs> and a brownie and yeah. a hard-boiled egg and a pickle. Yeah. Um, I've had a couple pretty wacky ones. Not too long ago, I did like a DIY Caesars bar at brunch at the Victor at the park. And uh, you can you can go pretty far out. There's no like sliders or fried chicken, but you can definitely garnish it. I grew up in a Caesar making fam, mm. and we're pretty classic. We've got the celery salt rim, the clamato, the Tabasco, the Worcestershire sauce. It's it's super classic, but I mean a little fresh horseradish. All right, all right. Some olives, a nice leafy stalk of crunchy celery. It's uh, it's nice to have something savory. In a cocktail that mm-hmm. also has a little snack in it. <laughs> Just saying. Well, I think I was always turned off because the ingredients of a Caesar sounded like a mistake. Like a grocery bag got dropped and somehow wound up in a glass. Like an episode of Chopped. Yeah. Like, yeah. That's what. That's exactly right? what it sounds like. Like, wait a minute. Combined clam juice. Well, they say it was inspired by... Uh, okay. That was a, a tomato, a red sauce based clam pasta dish. Yeah. I guess when I think about eating it it's less weird <laughs> than drinking it but i am, i am an adventurous eater so maybe i should be more of an adventurous drinker well i'll make you a deal if you can convince me to <laughs> uh get into the music of a of a galian mm-hmm. then maybe i can convince you to drink a caesar deal All right. Let's do it. Stay tuned, because first up, we're going to talk to Barb Snellgrove, and uh, then we've got Adam chatting with Devours. Barb, thank you so much for coming in. You're welcome. I wish we had Caesars in our hand right now well we should it's, i know it's only appropriate i know we we should uh the listeners should maybe think that we have them in our hand right picture <laughs> picture a sunny a sunny cafe exactly somewhere down on one of our beautiful beaches oh doesn't that sound good um i love caesars you clearly love caesars absolutely and this is a super exciting anniversary for caesars 50 years as the I mean the official unofficial cocktail of Canada. It is. I think it's actually official. Yeah. Well, was there like a governmental decree or something? Or Lord knows. Just by rate of consumption, it it is so right. Well, when you've got what is there thirty two plus million of us out there, and four hundred million of them consumed last year. So do the math. Either you know, no wonder Canadians are always so happy. 
Right. <laughs> <laughs> so you're part of this beautiful new book, which is a celebration of 50 years of the Caesar in Canada. And it's a, a really nice patchwork of Canadian Canadian people, famous people, not famous people, you know, folks in the bar industry, regular folks, expats, you were saying, even are represented. Um, And it's a really lovely book. How did you come to be a part of the book? Uh, A friend of mine contacted me and uh, said, hey, I I think you've got to be part of this. They said, you know, you of all people and sent this link. And I clicked on it and I took a, a, a look and I was getting ready to go out and I, you know, I said, nope. Got to stop everything for an hour and write a story. And they were asking for 500 words or less. Uh, what does a Caesar mean to you? And uh, Caesars in my family have been such a large part of it uh, that uh, I, you know, I had to start writing. And I literally cranked out a story right there on the spot and um, sent it in and crossed my fingers. And uh, I think I was very close, if not just over a deadline. <laughs> And I thought, oh, because I got myself so yeah. psyched up for it. And um, all of a sudden, at the end of December, I got a, a, an email saying, congratulations, you're going to be one of the 50 people that uh, tell their Caesar story. And we want everyone, of course, to go out and grab a copy of the book. But can you just give us a little bit of a summary of the heart of your Caesar story? Well, yeah, yeah you have to go buy the book at yes. caesarstore.ca. <laughs> <laughs> I was... Uh, uh, we started drinking Caesars very, very early on in the evolution of Caesars in Canada in our household. And uh, I remember, um, you know, people come over and, and you know, you've, got, you've had a hard day or, you know, life's just not kind of hitting you the right way. And you sit down with one of my dad's Caesars and maybe the second Caesar in, you're thinking, life's not so bad. <laughs> <laughs> and quite often people would uh, would leave all giggles and smiles after having Caesars. So um, I was I started making them and my brother started making them. We, we learned at dad's knee, as the phrase goes. Yeah. Uh, a little bit older, of course. You know, we're not. You know, all legal. Uh, right? Yes, all legal. <laughs> And uh, it just sort of snowballed from there. I, I love to cook, and you know, cooking and making cocktails are, are very similar. And my personal recipe kind of evolved from there, and it just grew legs. Well, we'll, we'll dive into recipe in just a moment. I'm curious, do you happen to know how your dad came to discover the Caesar? I have no idea. Yeah. I have, and actually looking uh, through the, the book, uh, 50 Years, 50 Stories, I was... Uh, I was surprised and it brought back a fond memory of the old cans of Clamato where you took. Sure. There's generations out there who don't know what this is, but an actual can opener that isn't electric and you just pop the top. Yeah. And you have like a case of it always downstairs. <laughs> so I really don't remember um, how it all came to be. I just remember that all of a sudden Caesars became uh, a very large part of our family. And they were they, they were the old stayed, you got a piece of celery. Yeah. And I think that's about it. And mine now are a meal and a glass, as everyone likes to call it. Okay. Well, we know that here in Vancouver and, and certainly in other Canadian cities, some places go all out with like insane garnishes. So you you like to go hearty. With- I have. Oh, yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I have breakfast Caesars. Okay. Which have Ooh. the bacon and egg. Yeah. And a little toast it. Nice. And uh, and then your your, your standard uh, afternoon Caesars. Uh, we just had a celebration of life, actually, just this past weekend um, for a friend who loved Caesars. So that was my job. I was lining them up and there was all everything from, you know, prawns to pepperoni sticks to chunks of cheese. I mean, it, 
the wonderful thing about a Caesar, it's as big or small as you want to make it. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And I know people have a lot of fun too with like the build your own bars, whether you're doing one at home or you're lucky enough to be at a brunch where that's that's what's set up. Yeah, the build, I've, uh, I look at them sort of and I have, have, I love them. But on the other hand, for me, whenever I go anywhere, it's always a chore because I have to bring along my traveling Caesar kit, which is a little cooler. You have uh, a traveling Caesar kit. Oh, yes, absolutely. What is in your traveling Caesar kit, please? Well, it's got a number of different, you know, the condiments. Okay. And the secrets was mine. Oh, here we go. We're telling the trade You're going to reveal your secret? I'm not going to reveal it too much. All I'm going to say is that it is a delicious blend of various uh, spicy or unspiced uh, pickle juices. Oh, interesting. Or olive juices. Now, do you have a vodka of choice or a spirit of choice? Um, I think with a Caesar, it, you know, it's whatever vodka you want to put in. Yeah. Um, obviously a higher, higher end one is going to taste better. Um, some of the best Caesars I've made have been ones where I took the time to infuse the the vodka with bacon. Whoa. And it is the God awfulest looking concoction, the vodka when it's ready to go, but it is God's juice. It is just delicious. That's some next level stuff right there. (laughs) Bacon infused vodka. Oh yes, taking it seriously. That is amazing. Now, when it comes to rimming the glass, what is your philosophy? The funny thing is, um, and someone mentioned that last week at, at the celebration flight, they went, "Oh, you didn't rim the glass." I'm like, "No, really? No, it's all in there. Okay. It's all in there. It's it's an absolute delicious little glass of something something, and it really doesn't need much more. If you want it rimmed, I'll go to the extra trouble." But otherwise, I think that's just um, nonsense on your lips that's taken away from the flavor in the gloss. Now, in my experience, because I've been a Canadian expat in way down in the U.S., where you mentioned Caesar and they go, I'm sorry, what? Yeah, salad. What is that? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Have you encountered people who don't know what a Caesar is, either who come to visit you or in your travels? I remember telling um, telling my wife about it when uh, she still lived in Chicago, and I would explain to her about Clamato, and she's it's got clam juice in it, and you could almost you know she was just like oh god that is absolutely horrible and I said oh you're gonna love them and she's like no no I I could never drink that that sounds absolutely and she drank Bloody Marys, and said that's absolutely disgusting, and within a few weeks of her being here and now she makes them on a par with mine if I do say so absolutely <laughs> loves them and i when I, I remember being down in san francisco at a friend's place and they had just got caesar clamato mix and i was um the person i was visiting was formerly from toronto so knew all about mott's clamato and they i walked in the door and there was two big bottles of this sitting on the, the dining room table and i'm like oh boy here we go and within two days i i swear that entire trip just became me being there 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 Caesar slave. <laughs> there would be people that were upstairs that lived in the apartment building that uh, as soon as they thought it was a presentable hour of the morning to scream down, is she up yet? Can we have some more Caesar? So I'm like, you know, out I would go and start making more. So I think all you have to do is try one the once. You know, you got to think with your taste buds, not with your with your uh, head, I think. Absolutely. I had a friend in town from Minneapolis recently, and she'd never had one either. And we were at brunch, and I said, come on, you gotta. And uh, sure enough, she loved it. So I think if you have an open mind, you can definitely get people on board. 
Well, I think I think that was the original. It's got clams in it. Yeah, like it's it's absolutely delicious. Don't go down that road. Right, you have to try it, and it is a uh, very singular. I, I've I've tried some of the other um, imitation brands. With all due respect to them, it's it's got to be you know it's got to be Liam Perrins. It's got to be Lowry seasoning salt, and it has to be Mott's Clamato. Do you have any sense why you think Canadians have embraced this particular drink so much? It's it's. Aside from the fact that it is absolutely delicious, and sometimes it's just perfect, you go, oh, gosh, I could really, really use a Caesar. It's a fun drink, and you can make it as regional as you want because of, you know, all the various accoutrements, you know, and accessories that you add to it. So um, it, so it's, it's, it's a very interactive drink almost. You know, you're not just throwing in, here's the mix. You know, here's the alcohol, here's the ice, give it a stir, go to town. You're, you're creating something. It's like a whole uh, experience. It's like an event. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> it, 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 they, were, they were all drooling last week. I'm like, I'm trying, but I'm trying to crank out 15 here with the little sticks with all the food on them. <laughs> when you get a break from being the Caesar maker in charge, mm-hmm. do you order one at a restaurant? Yes. Yeah. Oh, yes. yes. Some Sundays it's like, oh, God, I would just love a Caesar. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have some favorite spots in Vancouver that you want to shout out? I have. Um, well, Score always makes a good Caesar. They're, and they're, they're of course, known for that. Yes. <laughs> uh, I have um, a lot of the time I get what I want because I go, okay, but this is how you're going to do it. <laughs> So you, and it's they go, like oh, a... we have a professional. I go, well, yeah, kind of. So I give them a couple of uh, little uh, helpful hints. Um, you know, the difference between uh, muddied and dirty. Uh, I have amazing Caesars at Carlos O'Brien's. At, oh. uh, I think it's at 7th and Burrard. Yep. Um, there used to be a place on Luke's on um, South Granville that made yes. amazing Caesars, but they don't anymore. Yeah, so. they've closed up. I've, yeah. I've had a Caesar there actually Caesars now that I think fantastic. about it. And I think I'm I'm missing some place that, you know, just like the skies part and the angels start singing when you taste it and you go, oh yeah, this is it. This is it. Outside of Vancouver, have you had any fun Caesar experiences in other Canadian cities or any, any other yes. places? Yeah. The Banff, uh, the castle. Oh. At the Banff Springs. Okay. Went in there, and of course, that that big, beautiful bar that they have um, had a Caesar and sat down, and it was again skies parted. Uh, it was absolutely delicious. So, you know, kudos to the Fairmont and the Banff Springs people in Alberta. They make a they make a a, a bloody good, pardon the play on words, a Caesar. Well done. Thank you. Is there any absolute no? for Caesars when it comes to you? Like, do you put your foot down or draw the line at any particular ingredient or accoutrement or method that just is not? Aside from the non-rimming of the glass. Right. (laughs) You can't even see the rim of the glass when I make them anyway for all the food involved. Um, I'm not a big one, quite oddly enough, for putting Tabasco in them. I've got enough spice with my secret blend of juices to, to cover that. I will put just a touch in. Anything sweet, of course, no. I had one once, and it was absolutely the most atrocious thing I ever drank in my life. And I said, what did you put in it? And he was very proudly, the bartender said, oh, a bit, a splash of cranberry juice. Oh, wait a minute. It, if, if looks could slap. No. <laughs> I was like, are you new? <laughs> are you fresh to earth? Because that sounds terrible. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, yeah. But they, um, they uh, make, um, I'm trying to think. 
I think that's about it. Like, you know, the Tabasco, I'm wishy on it. You know, sometimes I will. And in the book, Mm -hmm. speaking of, you know, different approaches to the Caesar, you're alongside some really famous folks. Yeah. And a whole bunch of just terrific regular folks. They really did a, a, it's a beautiful, beautiful book. They did an amazing job of representing all the different areas of Canada and and Canadians, both here and abroad, as you attested to. There's uh, Dougie Gilmore, formerly of the you know, hockey legend from the Toronto Maple Leafs, and there's Dan Aykroyd and uh, Jason Priestley, Lynn Johnson, the cartoonist. So there's, there's you know, and, and then people from all walks of life you know as you were mentioning it's a it's a real honor to be part of this book and in reading it and I read it you know it, it you can't stop once you get started some of the stories are, are very touching some of the stories are really cute some of the stories are very typically Canadian like you know the hockey team that uh, was losing miserably and the you know the wives came down during the period between periods and out came the picture of <laughs> of Caesars and the next thing you know they were just goal after goal after goal uh, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a really you know really wonderful book, um, very well represented of all Canadians and our and our drink, and it's available through uh, online. It is available online at CaesarStore.ca. Great. And what page are you on? I'm page nine. There you go, folks. Yeah, thank you, Simon, for that. Page and nine page is nine. here. And uh, thank you, Barb, so much for sharing your love of Caesars with us and with the world in this book. Yes. And I, again, as I said, I hope everyone gets a chance to take a look at it. The Caesar, 50 years, 50 stories, celebrating a half century of Canada's, or Canada's rather, national cocktail. Cheers. I'll drink to that. Cheers right back. <laughs> So, I'm sitting here with Jeff Kincaid, a.k.a. Devours. Hi. Hi, Jeff. How are you? (laughs) Thanks for having me. I'm doing well. Uh, So, your new album, Iconoclast, came out in March. Yeah, beginning of March. How does it feel to have your baby out into the world? It took quite a while for it to come out. Um, It feels feels great. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it was a bit of a long wait, but yeah, I am happy that it is out. The response seems to be pretty good so far so yeah i'm i am happy okay we'll get into how much i love your album and your music soon but first (laughs) i want to talk about what we have in common so we both play music (laughs) we both have beards yeah uh we both lived in montreal i just found out today at the same time and then made the weird move of coming to Vancouver to pursue music. What were we thinking? Adam? I know. <laughs> so you've been here for a few years, but how yeah. is Vancouver for you as an artist now? Oh, that's a really good question. Because for the first, like, maybe five or so years of living in Vancouver, I wasn't really pursuing the indie, like, rock star dream. Uh, <laughs> I came here and went to school briefly and was trying to be a composer for TV and film. And I still do some, like, freelance stuff here and there. But... Yeah, around 2015 or so, I really decided to make another go at it and created this thing called Devours. And yeah, I started playing shows here around 2016 or so. And the the experience has been a lot better than it was in Montreal. So I was in Montreal for three years. And I think that I 
I was still in the closet back then. I was still like young. I grew up on Vancouver Island and didn't really know what it was like to be like in a big city. And I was just very young and just right. didn't really know how to like play the game. And I also just think like personally, I wasn't quite there yet as like a lyricist and a, a songwriter and stuff. Like I was just very young, like in my early 20s, not really knowing like what I was doing yet. And so... So yeah, like I made a lot of music in Montreal that didn't really take off. And I was kind of disgruntled after a number of years and was like, <laughs> okay, this is clearly not working. And I'm like really struggling to like book shows and I never get show invites and stuff. And so, yeah, I came to Vancouver and don't regret it, but it's now at a point in time where I have played a, a quite quite a few shows yeah, in Vancouver. Yeah, you play live have a lot. gone pretty well. And I now am just like, oh, okay, because... I don't want this to sound weird, but I feel like the ceiling is like maybe a little bit lower in mm. Vancouver compared to Toronto or obviously like LA or New York or something. And so Vancouver is maybe not the best city to be based out of <laughs> as a musician. And I'm learning that now. Yeah, I mean, I think that's pretty, <laughs> uh, that's a pretty dominant narrative amongst artists in the city that it's not yeah, like where where you imagine your future as an artist. Yeah, and Vancouver is no joke. The the talent here is amazing, but I'm just learning how hard it is to tour out of the city. Yeah. We're very very isolated here. It feels like we have our own like musical universe and hierarchy in this city and like it's just really hard to to tour out of it and I feel like the rest of Canada often like doesn't really care about the Vancouver music scene. Yeah, totally. Like compared to Montreal and Toronto, it's kind of depressing. <laughs> so. Yeah, and our scene, and I think especially for you, like you're a very singular artist. Like there's not a lot of people that sound like you, Thanks. that look yeah. like you. Yeah. Do you, do you ever find being kind of like an independent creative in that way that you that you wish there were bands or artists more like you in the city? Or do you do you get like satisfaction out of being kind of one of a kind here yeah another really good question that no one has asked me um that's what that's I, what we're here for <laughs> you're very good at this Adam. Yeah. <laughs> okay um yeah I, I think that like despite the fact that i really did put the work in um local musicians have been kind to me which is mm. nice because often rock bands play with other rock bands and i i get the appeal of that you know like sometimes it's kind of weird to have like a mixed genre show and I'm often like the weird one on the bill. Yeah. I'm just so used to it now that I kind of don't even think about it anymore. But yeah, I'm always the one that's like not the rock band. <laughs> like everyone's <laughs> in a rock band in Vancouver. And so, yeah, I mean, I think that it did help me stand out. Um, but yeah, it would be nice to have a little bit more of an electronic pop scene, Yeah, I guess. And then again, I'm learning that for for touring, it would be nice to have more people... Because sometimes I see like joint tours of like Apollo Ghost mm. and Swim Team or like those are two really good bands that just went on tour together. And I just get a little bit jealous because I'm like, oh, I wish <laughs> that I had more people like similar to me that I could tour yeah. with, you know, especially because I'm just one person and it's kind of daunting to like book a whole tour by myself and go on the road by myself. And I'm still like figuring out what I'm doing in terms of getting around and touring and stuff. And so, yeah, it would be nice to have similar artists i got lucky last year because my friend larissa of kellarissa and fake tears yeah um she put out an album last year on mint and we did a tour of eastern canada together. oh very and cool. that was kind of a, a dream to finally like get out of vancouver and play like toronto i would never play toronto before and so that was good and yeah i hope that a few more opportunities come my way that are similar where i can go with like some another artist that's musically similar so 
since your music to me is very vulnerable in a way, like it's very uh, grand and dramatic and fun, but you're talking about uh, queerness, masculinity, body image, especially on the new record from what I can see. Yeah. When you kind of leave the environment of Vancouver, which you kind of have friends here, is it scary to like go to Toronto and then kind of like perform your diary entries in front of total strangers? Um, I think, yeah. Um, like when we went on tour, we mostly stuck to, I mean, yeah, like Toronto, Montreal, there are so many, like it's, those cities are so diverse. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I really didn't feel like unsafe or anything. If I went to like a really small town in Alberta and performed, then I don't know if there was reception would have been as good, but yeah. we, I, in some ways we played it safe and stuck to like Halifax and like cool, cool cities. Yeah. Yeah. I knew that would be, um, it, it would be fine, but yeah, we played some smaller places like, um, like Fredericton, New Brunswick. And, um, we played with an artist who is trans and like there, it was really exciting. There are just lots of like artistic people and open-minded people everywhere. I feel very cool. And so, yeah, I, I never felt like I was like unsafe or unwelcome. Yeah. But yeah, the, the turnout was pretty small, like all the shows as well. And so, yeah, maybe if I was opening for Nickelback or something, then like some people wouldn't be into it, but yeah, based off of like my scene and you love like 2000s CanCon, right? <laughs> I'm I love it. Yeah. Mostly 90s, I yeah. suppose was my era, but like yeah, big 2000s. shiny tunes. Oh yeah. Do you do you want to be more part of that like Canadian music industry Juno community or are you fine <laughs> being more of like a DIY independent? I know you you're signed to a label, but yeah. You still operate in a very DIY way. Never in a million years do I expect to ever get acknowledged <laughs> by the Junos? Not expecting that. The dream. Um, I, I mean, I don't want to call it a dream. If it happens, it's that's great. If it doesn't, yeah. that's fine. But to get acknowledged by Polaris someday in my life would be amazing. Yeah. So that's more of like the t- trajectory, I guess. Like I'm not thinking about Junos or like album sales or whatever. I think <laughs> Junos is all just album sales, I think. But when Chad Kroger calls, yeah. you'll take that opening Haven't slot. gotten an offer from 604 records yet yeah not expecting it to come but yeah i suppose uh, i do want to stay like diy that's what i've always known in my life and yeah it's like who i am i guess so speaking of diy one thing i love about devour shows is the image you create for those (laughs) of you that don't know you perform with big eyebrows yeah a lot of like uh a lot of shirt material that I would imagine doesn't breathe very well. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, lots of blouses. And I wanted to ask you, is that when you put that stuff on, is that getting into character or is that actually more you than say you in a t-shirt and jeans? Um, yeah, uh, when I started performing, um, like for the late bloomer album cycle, I was trying to come up with some sort of image that was interesting more so than like t-shirt and jeans or something like I I I like the idea of sort of creating a persona and I wanted it to be true to who I am and what the themes of that album were and I think that late bloomer was about like embracing being gay and wanting to wear like rainbowy clothes because that's like as a kid I was really flamboyant and it was true to like who I am and who I was growing up and so, yeah, and even on the new album, it's a little bit gothier, and I now wear this sort of, like, religious-looking gown. 
um, that I got at Salvation Army uh, along with like <laughs> all of my entire wardrobe ever. Um, but yeah, like I have roots in like religion and like everything. I, I try to have it come from a place that makes sense yeah. for me and not just like a completely random like character that I've created. Like it is all me for sure. Um, would I be right to say on the new album, Iconoclast, out now, stream it everywhere, <laughs> yeah. buy it on iTunes. Uh, you do sing a lot about masculinity. Yeah. Is that true? Yes, absolutely. Um, I thought that was interesting because there's not a lot of pop songs about masculinity, at least not in a vulnerable way. Mm. As a songwriter, was it hard to kind of write about that topic without having a reference point? in popular music like if you want to write a song about mm. a crush you kind of already know what you have to do yeah was it hard to write about those things um i think that that was that's like a major major turning point for me with this album was making lyrics that were more sort of defiantly queer i think that on late bloomer it was very strategic and i was like okay i need to like i'm gay but i need to make l- lyrics that are universal that mm. appeal to all straight people and with this album I kind of just let that go. It was like, I'm never going to be mainstream. I'm like way too weird <laughs> and I'm never going to be straight. And yeah, I think that I um, like fully embraced it and wanted to just make lyrics that were really gay this time. Yeah. And I just think that it's maybe, it's a little bit hard to describe because I'm not necessarily making humongous statements about masculinity in general on this album. I am more speaking just of my experiences in the gay mm. community. And the, how lots of gay guys still have like really serious um, internalized homophobia and lots of like misogyny and like issues with masculinity still. And so, yeah, I know that in like pop culture and in like the straight world, there's a ton of talk right now about toxic masculinity. Yeah. And it's, it's good. Like all that stuff needs to be happening. But just for my experiences, I think that I was mostly, yeah, talking about like my my community specifically and yeah. our relationship with masculinity and how that is also toxic and also needs to change and get better. Well, I don't identify as being a part of that community, but I'm very appreciative to have an artist like you talk about those issues because I still even think from the areas where we are different, like it really crosses over and yeah, it's really nice yeah. to, to hear. Um, we're out of time, which I okay. hate, but... We can all catch you, Devours, May 15th at Redgate and May 23rd at KW Studios. That is correct. Cool. Thanks for coming, Jeff. Thanks, Adam. And Vancouver is awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Bye. (laughs) Jeff was also kind enough to do a very special stripped down performance from his new album. So here's Devours performing Garnet Graves.
Cause heaven is wide I'm floating above An ocean of wax Evading the sun Let the madness Let the madness settle Let the madness settle under your skin Well, Lindsay, I think I am a Caesar fan now. And uh, you're going to find me at the next Devour show. Yeah, I'll see you in the mosh pit at the next Devour show. I am that hardcore. That's, yeah. But that's what the podcast does. That is the beauty of our podcast. You it discover is, something new. It's the power of awesome, just pure and simple. Yeah, so thank you to our both our guests for providing some awesome power this week. And uh, what you guys can do to help us be a little more awesome and would make you awesome yourself is to become a subscriber to the podcast if you aren't already. You will find us on your podcast platform of choice. And also, you can head on over to the iTunes store and rate and review us. That always helps out. You can hit us up on all the social media platforms. We got the Facebook, we got the Twitter, we got the Instagram. We have a Facebook Vancouver's Awesome Podcast group for super fans. And uh, you can slide into our DM, send us feedback at contact at vancouversawesome.com. And in the meantime, hang tight. We'll be back in a couple weeks with a fresh episode. See you then, Adam. See ya. All right, right now,
The Vancouver is Awesome podcast is produced and hosted by Lindsay William Ross and Bob Kronbauer with additional support from Adam Nanji and associate producer Albert Van Sanvoort. We record in the studio at Glacier Media, 303 West 5th Avenue in Vancouver's Mount Pleasant neighborhood. You can subscribe via your podcast platform of choice to get VIA downloaded directly each and every Monday. And please consider leaving us a rating or review and definitely tell your friends to tune in too. Follow us on Facebook at Vancouver is Awesome, on Twitter and Instagram at VI Awesome, and read us at VancouverIsAwesome.com. Ciao.